Welcome to Everything Life Coaching. I'm John Kim. And I'm Noelle Cordeaux. We are the founders of Journey Coaching. We're super passionate about all things coaching and want to share what we've learned from over a decade of coaching and training over a thousand life coaches. Dive deep into a more meaningful career, find freedom, and make an impact on the world around you. On today's episode, the topic is against the status quo at work, quote unquote, going back to normal. Noel, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm well. I'm uh, I'm probably the busiest I've ever been in my life, but I asked for it. <laughs> That's good. That's yeah. good. We are keeping you off the streets. Yes, yes. And also, um, also be careful what you wish for as the universe delivers things not on your time, but on the universe time. And I think that's a great lead in to our topic today as we're thinking about going back to school, uh, the pandemic, I yeah. think many of us thought was quote unquote over at the beginning of the summer, we had a summer and now it seems like the pandemic is revving back up again. And as coaches, one of the things that's often overlooked is the importance of staying connected to what people generally, collectively are thinking and feeling about their everyday lives so that we as coaches can create content to stay in front of and address the real-time needs of the people that we'd like to serve. Yes, and I got to admit, I'm really bad at this. Uh, I think you're actually great at this. It seems like um, I imagine you waking up and uh, whether it's digital or on paper, reading some kind of newspaper, knowing what's going on in the world, um, you know, all the current topics and stuff. Um, I do none of that. I live in my little bubble and I'm just, you know, punching keys and doing videos. So I, I definitely, as a coach, need to pop my head out above water and, uh, you know, take in what's going on. Yeah. And I'm happy to share what I learn as I go. And you're absolutely right. I actually read uh, three different publications. I take in international wow. news as well as national. And then I am a religious reader of the Harvard Business Review. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I, ex I assume that you take in a lot <laughs> of, um, you know, from, from different angles. Uh, why, let me ask you this. Why is, I agree with you, this is very important, but why is it important to stay on top of what's happening in the collective? Absolutely. When we're coaches, when we're developing as coaches, when we're building our brands or alternately, when we're coaches that work within organizations as managers, as HR professionals, or as internal coaches, it's very easy to get caught up in the day-to-day -day of who am I, how am I being perceived, how am I being perceived in my role? And mm -hmm. what we forget is that our main function as coaches is to facilitate the change process for others. And if we lose sight of what the general global, national, cultural, societal trends are that are impacting the psyches, uh, hearts, minds, and souls of our constituents, then we will be adrift in our service. And we won't be able to connect authentically to what folks might be going through, especially right. if we're coaches that are helping others at work you won't be able to meet them where they're at, right? You won't be able to meet them where they're at. And you might be missing a big, huge empathy chip 
in terms of different topics that are really producing anxiety uh, for folks on a national or global scale. Yeah. And so today we're going to look at an area where change is, uh, um, it's underway in, in the, um, the workplace. So um, the world of work and how people feel about returning to work. I mean, this, uh, the, the phrase, the new normal, going back to normal, that's being thrown around a lot. Uh, and, and also, um, you know, as, as a life coach, uh, especially with the explosion of um, things like Zoom, um, working from home has actually become the standard now. It has. And contextually, uh, nationally in the U.S., I think it's really important to look at and understand what's happening in the job market. There's been something called the Great Resignation, where in the Mm. month of April, there were a record number of people who resigned from their jobs. Yeah. And that's being driven by a lot of different factors. Many people are switching industries. They're looking to reskill. Many people uh, don't want to physically go back to the office for a variety of reasons. Many people are looking for better treatment from employers. And Mm -hmm. many people realize that their employers don't have their back and therefore are sick of giving their blood, sweat, and tears to an organization that doesn't value their labor. Yeah. You know, I think one of the the, the good things uh, from this pandemic is it's created um, this shakeup where uh, it's encouraged us to kind of reevaluate everything. And one of the things is work and how we're treated and what we really want to do and all of that. And I think we're seeing the uh, you know, the, the, the ripple of that people coming out of this just kind of question. And also, you know, because it involves uh, people getting sick and ill, um, I think people are realizing that life is short and delicate. And so I'm finally going to do uh, what I've always wanted to do. And I'm finally going to, you know, pursue my passions and all that. And so there's lots of transitions happening. You're absolutely right. And there's a secondary factor that's a little bit more insidious that is driving a lot of this awakening and a lot of this change uh, and it's anxiety. Yeah, yeah. So taking a look at the role of anxiety, especially from a coaching perspective, because this is what our clients are going through, living through the pandemic, working six, eight, 12 hours a day for those folks who are parents tossing in childcare, being trapped in the house with your family, not knowing if you will fall ill, not knowing if you will be able to keep your job. And then now when things have shifted, your psyche has shifted, you have shifted, there's a tremendous amount of anxiety around returning to the workplace. Mm -hmm. The American Psychological Association reported that 50% of Americans feel incredible anxiety about resuming in-person interactions. So uh, if someone's listening and they are one of uh, these people returning to the the workplace and feeling anxiety, um, what would you say to them? You're normal. Yeah. 
you're normal, hundred percent normal. So it's happening everywhere. <laughs> it's it's happening everywhere, and and really to demystify the experience of anxiety that's taking place when we're removed from environments from a really long time, and those environments hold some sort of negative significance or connotation for us. It's natural. It's normal to feel heightened levels of anxiety around returning to the circle or um, looking at us as kind of, you know, cattle-like creatures, which we are with our limbic system, returning to the herd. When a cow is sick and falls behind the herd and is isolated, that cow begins to feel like I shouldn't join others. And that's an evolutionary trait that humans share with large mm -hmm. mammals. So as humans, we've all been isolated for a very long time that there's a legitimate evolutionary chemical response taking place in all of our brains that says, maybe I shouldn't be part of that group. Mm. Tell us about workplace wellness, this concept of... Um the standards of the the space of work um, going up as far as you know um, how we want to incorporate that that space into our lives sure so you know this is one of the areas where companies corporations are really kind of scratching their heads and scrambling right now so if you're listening and you're an hr person or people ops and need some information about this please come talk to us we're very well resourced and one of the things that took place over the pandemic is that from a general everyday perspective, not just looking at the world of work, but looking at our lives, the idea of wellness, the idea of well-being has become something that collectively coming out of this pandemic, folks are no longer willing to negotiate, that well-being mm -hmm. has become a priority. And then as we're kind of shifting through the history of work, uh, looking at the labor movements that took place in the 1930s and 40s. That was when social security uh, became standard in the United States of America. And those um, labor organizationally driven movements were not able to get the full uh, list of things that they wanted, which was health insurance, which was vacation time benefits. Mm -hmm. And so those pieces became part of our company culture that your employer is expected to provide you with a pension, with insurance, with vacation, because it wasn't nationally mandated. So that historical fact is what has now left companies, employers, corporations um, with the expectation to provide well-being initiatives for their employees. Mm -hmm. So that's coming alongside of the fact that most employees are looking out into the space saying, I don't know if I want to keep doing it <laughs> this way. Right. Right. So everything is completely in arrears. And this is one of the areas where because coaching is an emerging industry, it's only been around for 35 years. It's not really ingrained in the business as usual culture and coaching, coaching methodology, coaching services to enhance well-being, to enhance communication and relationship building can be uh, actual magic beans for different workplace initiatives in this space. Yeah, and, and I think um, it, I think that's good news, no? 
it's great news. Yeah. It's, it's great news. And it's one of the reasons why we're having this conversation. Um, and it has to do with one of my favorite topics, which is collectivism. And collectivism isn't something that is typically discussed when we think about going to work every day. And it, it work as we know it traditionally has a hierarchical system where there's leadership in charge, CEOs, then there's HR, then there's managers, then there's your workers. And in that hierarchical system, when we pigeonhole either the CEO leadership suite or HR or even managers who are just so beat up day in, day out and say, you folks are in charge of well-being for employees, it doesn't go well. Hmm. And so when we spread responsibility for mutually beneficial relationships, for using language and communication that doesn't isolate and alienate our coworkers, for holding collective responsibility for maintaining a nice place to spend our time every day, that's when we can see well-being initiatives and wellness interventions actually take root within organizations and everyone feels pride in the collective response. And that also means that organizations are gonna to have to do a little bit more work in order to provide that kind of access for all employees, mm -hmm. but the mm -hmm. outcome is that it lifts everyone up. Yeah, how do you think uh, this is all gonna pan out as far as um, you know our anxiety, the workplace and this, uh, this new uh, normal uh, in, in the workplace? Well, I think it's important to look at, you know, what's underneath all of it in order to kind of source the outcomes. So we know that anxiety just across the board has risen exponentially. We know that depression has increased greatly for most people. About a third of the population globally is currently experiencing depression and anxiety as a result of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Massive. Yeah. Um, when we're looking at what's driving anxiety about returning to work specifically. It's exposure to COVID, which we're seeing a lot right now in the conversations that are taking place about schools. It's concern yeah. um, about a loss of freedom from working from home because mm -hmm. folks were able to be very productive without having somebody look over their shoulder and manage their time. And there's a, a sense of loss coming out of that, which is likely driving depression. And then, um, there's also ideas that you know women with children are worried that they're going to be left behind mm -hmm. due to the demands of motherhood on hybrid office structures. And a lot of employees are experiencing anxiety due to the social and political upheaval that took place while we were all away, that they might experience microaggressions, criticism, or won't be welcome due to social justice perspectives. Taking a look at all of that and saying, you know, what are the outcomes going to be? It's going to fall on a spectrum within each individual organization, the extent to which leadership is willing to take seriously the human capital that is at stake and saying, yes, we as an organization, as leadership, as a collective are willing to address the anxiety uh, that our employees hold and make things better so that folks feel comfortable and productive and happy. Yeah. 
I, and I kind of, uh, I like that note and I would love to end on a high note. I would love to, um, leave with, um, hope and the way that I can relate to all of what's going on, um, uh, is, so I've been working from home and on the go for the last decade. And I remember, um, I remember the transition. I remember, you know, having a quote unquote job and punching a clock and tucking my shirt in. I remember how that felt. And then the scariness of not having a paycheck or, or having less um, kind of like security when you go off and do something by yourself, you have to create your own structure, you're responsible for your output and productivity. And I remember how scary that was. But after I found my groove and tasted it, I don't think I could ever go back. Mm. Um, and so if, if I don't know where uh, you are in your life uh, as you're listening to this, but um, if you're on that bridge, if you're scared to make that transition, know that um, the more you lean into uh, this, you know, quote unquote new normal and you, and you kind of design a life that uh, a work life that works for you, um, you're going to, your body's going to experience something new. And I think you're going to be like, oh man, this is what it feels like. And I don't want to go back. It's like not wanting to go back to a relationship that you realized was toxic, you know? Yes. Yes. And then, you know, right there, I'm going to overlay the reason why we need coaches, that the reason mm -hmm. why we need coaches in our everyday life and within our organizations is because coaching is based on generating hope, communication, and inclusion. Coaching brings all of the skills that people desperately need. And so if you're looking for that freedom, coaching can give you the skills uh, that you need to address these gaps in the world head on and to truly be able to soothe and support a population in crisis. Yeah. So if you are in transition, you want to have a uh, longer conversation about this, or if you're interested in coaching as maybe part of your new transition, uh, come talk to us at Journey. Yep. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Be well. Thanks for listening to Everything Life Coaching. If you're feeling the draw to become a coach, head to journey.co slash everything to explore a new career that brings fulfillment, gives you a true sense of purpose and a strong community to do it in. We created Journey Coaching to equip you with the tools, training and community you need to attain your goals. Join Journey Coaching and begin your journey towards personal freedom and a transformative state of growth today. That's J-R-N-I dot C-O slash everything.